the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This biblical concept of peace is, it doesn't mean the absence of trouble or conflict or hostility. Biblical peace that I'm talking about, it's unrelated to your circumstances. It's a peace that comes from God, from our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And it's not really affected by what happens in your life. In fact, you can have great trials going on in your life and still experience the peace of God. Biblical peace is unrelated to your circumstances. It comes from within and overflows in times of difficulty. When you have the peace of God, people will look into your life and see Jesus rather than your anger or sadness or frustration related to your circumstance. In today's message, Pastor Dan discusses that God desires us to have this type of peace. It comes from being in His Word, understanding His character, and believing that He has our best in mind. Do you believe this type of peace is possible? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So John chapter 20, verse 19 is where we're going to be today in our study of the gospel of John. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the door, doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Well, we are in a section of the Gospel of John looking at the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our passage today. It is now the evening of the resurrection, so it's Sunday night. Uh, If you remember, uh, earlier that morning, Jesus appeared alive, resurrected, to Mary Magdalene in verses 11 to 18. Uh, The other Gospels tell us that that morning Jesus also appeared to a group of women who went to the tomb in Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus also appeared to the two disciples on the road 
to Emmaus in Luke 24. So, so at this point, the evening of the resurrection, at this point, several of the disciples have seen Jesus alive. They've seen him resurrected. And now all the disciples are gathered together in a house somewhere in Jerusalem. But verse 19 tells us the disciples were locked away in that house for fear of the Jews, that is the Jewish religious leaders. Uh, The religious leaders, as you know, they orchestrated the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and the disciples were fearful that they are next. And they're afraid for their lives, and so they're, they're hiding in this house. In spite of eyewitness accounts of the resurrection, in spite of some of their own friends saying that they saw Jesus Christ alive, The disciples are fearful, they're afraid, they're paralyzed with fear, and they're locked away in this house afraid. But notice in verse 19, Jesus came and he stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. The house is locked up and Jesus just appears in the midst, no, in the living room in the midst of the disciples. Uh, He didn't pick the lock on the door. He he didn't find an open window and enter through an open window. After his resurrection, Jesus was able to uh, just just appear places and disappear. Just kind of show up in places. And yet at the same time, uh, we know he had a physical body. Uh, We see that in verse 20. He has a physical body. In chapter 21, we'll see Jesus eat a meal with some of his disciples. So he he has a physical body uh, and he's able to eat food and yet he's able to just kind of uh, uh, appear in in rooms. The resurrected Jesus is not a a ghost. He's not a phantom. Uh, He's he's not a force spirit like Obi-Wan in Star Wars. He has this physical uh, body, he's flesh and bone, but he's able to travel from place to place and just appear somewhere. Now, Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, says that God will take our weak mortal bodies, that's how God views your body and my body, he'll take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. That at the resurrection, you and I that have trusted Christ, we will receive a resurrected, glorified body just like Jesus. Won't that be cool? Now, I don't know if that means we'll be able to just travel around and enter into rooms like he did, possibly. But our body will be like his. Jesus appeared in the midst of his disciples. Look at verse 19 again. His, his first word to his disciples after his resurrection was peace. Peace. Not, what happened to you guys? You all deserted me. Peter, you denied even knowing me. I told you over and over that I was going to rise again on the third day. What are you doing locked away in this house? I'm so disappointed in you. You losers. Now, Jesus very graciously said, peace, peace be with you. And the the Hebrew word that Jesus used was shalom, shalom. Now, shalom is is the common greeting among Jewish people in Israel today. It's how they say hello. It's how they say goodbye, shalom. 
Uh, but, but when it's used in the Bible, when Jesus used it here, uh, it, it means so much more than just simply uh, hello. It's not like Jesus is saying just hello, you know, what's up? It's not like that. This word shalom, as it's used in, in the Bible, and the way that Jesus used it, uh, it has such a deep meaning to it. Listen to this. It, the word shalom, it, it means to be safe. It means to be sound. It means to be healthy. It means to be complete. It signifies a sense of well-being, of wholeness, of rest, of tranquility, of contentment, of satisfaction in life, peace of God. And and in the Bible, this, this peace, this shalom, it comes from a relationship with God. And so now Jesus, through his death and resurrection, he has reconciled us to God. And the first thing he tells all of his disciples that are gathered together is shalom. This peace is now available to them because of his death and resurrection. You know, back, uh, back in the Psalms, I'll just read this verse to you, but in Psalm 29, verse 11, it says, The Lord, Yahweh, will give strength to his people the Lord will bless His people with peace, with shalom. God blesses His people with peace. This, this kind of peace, this, this satisfaction in life, this contentment, this tranquility, this rest, this sense of well-being and completeness and wholeness and, and soundness and safety that comes from God. John chapter 16, verse 33 There, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In me you may have peace. This is why Jesus came. He came to give us peace. He came to give us the peace of God. This this shalom that comes from a relationship with God. He wants us to have peace in life. And this biblical concept of peace is it doesn't mean the absence of trouble or conflict or hostility. Biblical peace that I'm talking about, it's unrelated to your circumstances. It's a peace that comes from God, from our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And it's not really affected by what happens in your life. In fact, you can have great trials going on in your life and still experience the peace of God. And this is what Jesus said to his, his disciples. Now you can have this peace because of what he did on the cross. Now you can have this shalom. Now you can have this this sense of well-being and tranquility and soundness and health and contentment and satisfaction and safety. Now it's available to us because of Jesus. I just want to share a few verses with you about this and you can just uh, just listen uh, to them. Uh, The first one, is in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, in which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. The peace of God ruling in your heart. This this shalom ruling in your heart. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Anybody anxious today? Be anxious for nothing. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's what will happen if you do that. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And what that means is it doesn't make sense that you have peace. You should be freaking out in these circumstances, but you've got this peace that's ruling, that's guarding your heart and mind. And this peace comes through Christ Jesus. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. Listen to this verse out of the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Listen to what this says. And you, speaking of God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And in the Hebrew, perfect peace is literally shalom, shalom. It's shalom twice. Double shalom. You know, perfect peace to who? To the person who keeps their mind fixed upon God. As much as possible, I'm going to keep my mind just fixed upon God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. Doesn't that sound wonderful? That God himself will give you his peace At all times, in every situation. Yes, please, and thank you. Right? His peace at all times, in every situation. And this is is the peace that's described in the Bible. And when Jesus shows up here now in this house, in the midst of the disciples, his first word to them is peace. Shalom. This peace that comes through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 says, Jesus is our peace. He's our peace. So now look at verse 20. When he said this to them, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So he shows them his hands, where his hands were pierced by the the spikes. He shows them his side where the Roman soldier pierced his side with the spear when he was on the cross. Jesus is showing them that it's really him. It's really him. It's really Jesus. Now, Luke's account uh, gives us some more details about this, and I'll, I'll just read it to you. Luke chapter 24, if you're taking notes. Luke 
It says in verse 36 that Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened. And suppose they had seen a spirit or a ghost. So initially the disciples, they, they thought they, it was a ghost. And they were terrified and they were frightened. Understandably, they saw him crucified. They know that he was dead. He's been dead for three days. Now all of a sudden he's standing in the living room. So they're afraid. They think it's a ghost. And Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, look, my hands, my feet, that it is I myself. He says, handle me, touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So he says, look, it's, it's really me. It's me. Here, touch me. It's really me. I'm not a ghost. And they still didn't believe. He showed them his hands and his feet. Uh, it says, but while they still did not believe for joy, they marveled. So he said to them, have you any food here? I love this. He says, do you have anything to eat? Because they still don't think it's, it's really Jesus. They think it's a ghost. And he says, well, do, you, do you have anything to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. So, so they give him a piece of grilled fish and some honey. <laughs> when we were in Israel earlier uh, in the summer of 2019, my wife and I got some uh, local honey from somebody just you know selling it on the side of the road. It is the best honey I have ever had in my life. It is so delicious. It tastes totally different than the honey here that we have here in the United States. It's it's amazing. I was going to share some with you, but I only have a little bit left in the jar. So just take my word for it. I understand why Jesus ate honey with his fish. I had some of that honey on a piece of cornbread yesterday. It was wonderful. So but what Jesus does here is he says, hey, look, it's, it's really me. I'm not a ghost. You can touch me, handle me. Look, I, I, I'm flesh and bone. They still don't believe. He says, well, do you have something to eat? And they give him a piece of fish with some honey. And, you know, and he's eating the fish. Right? See, look, it's, I'm, I'm a real, it's really me. What is he doing? Jesus is convincing his disciples. Jesus wanted there to be no doubt in the disciples' minds, and he doesn't want us to have any doubt in our minds about the resurrection. That he really was resurrected from the dead. That he really was alive. That it really was him, alive from the dead. You know, the Bible records 11 separate appearances of Jesus alive after the resurrection. The Bible tells us on one occasion, Jesus appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses at one time. That's a lot of eyewitnesses that saw Jesus Christ a lot. How, how many of you here have ever served on a jury before? I, I served on a jury in a bank robbery case. It was a pretty interesting case. But if, you know, if this were a court of law, and we called those 500 eyewitnesses to come in and share their testimony and tell us what they saw. And each of those five 
500 eyewitnesses just spent five minutes, just five minutes of testimony telling us what they saw, we would be here for over 40 hours listening to testimony. Person after person coming in, five minutes, explaining that they saw Jesus Christ alive. If it were a real court case and we were trying to prove the resurrection, it would be a slam dunk case with that many eyewitnesses. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is true. And it's the most important doctrine of Christianity. Without the resurrection, there, there is no Christianity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul says, if there is no resurrection, then Christian preaching is empty and a waste of time. Our faith in Jesus Christ is empty and worthless. If there is no resurrection, that means Jesus is a liar and a failure because he said he would be resurrected from the dead. Without the resurrection, everything that Jesus said is subject to doubt. If there is no resurrection, all the apostles were liars because they testified that they saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. Uh, If there is no resurrection, those who died believing Jesus Christ are lost for all eternity. And most of all, for us, if there is no resurrection, we're all still in our sins. And we all face the judgment of God when we die. We're all going to go to hell without the resurrection. And there's no hope of escape. That's why Jesus was so careful to demonstrate to his disciples that he really was alive from the dead. He wanted to convince them, and he wants to convince us, that he really did die on the cross, he was buried, and on the third day, He rose again from the dead and he's alive. The resurrection confirms everything that Jesus said to be true. The resurrection shows us that Jesus is trustworthy. And most of all, because Jesus lives, those of us who put our faith in him will live also. There's the promise of resurrection for us. Death is not the end for the believer in Jesus Christ. So now that brings us to verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you, shalom. Then he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Jesus commissioned his disciples. And he commissions us. He commissions us to go into all the world and, and preach the gospel. To go into all the world and tell people about Jesus and his death on the cross for their sins and his resurrection. He sends us out as witnesses in this world. Now, you and I have the special privilege of telling people about Jesus. We have the special privilege of being uh, Christ's ambassadors in this world. You know, in, in a sense, we're all missionaries. You know, we tend to think of missionaries as people who leave their homeland and they they move to some foreign country to tell people about Jesus in that foreign country. We're all missionaries. You're a missionary. You're a missionary that's been sent to your workplace. You're a missionary that's been sent to your school. You're a missionary that's been sent to your neighborhood. You're a missionary who's been sent to your family to share Jesus Christ with those people. We're all we're all sent. We're all commissioned to go. I think it's good for us to be reminded that we're all commissioned to go in this world. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. 
You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton at Ring of Truth. If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more from this series in the Gospel of John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on Media. There you'll have access to our entire library of Pastor Dan's messages. You're welcome to listen to online and download for free to share with friends and family. That website one more time is calvaryec.com. Before we close our time with you, we'd like to ask you something. Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please, pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Thank you for taking the time to pray. How can we be praying for you during this study in John? We'd be honored to do that. Please contact us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd like to meet you, too. Join us at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, and you can find all the information you need at calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. Feel free to read ahead in John before joining Pastor Dan next time, right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.